0: Tonight, the families of victims in Uvalde outraged after the Texas public safety chief admits there were enough officers and enough information to go into the school after just 10 minutes. But instead, they waited for more than an hour.
1: I lost my damn son. Your anger is not gonna outmatch mine, man.
0: Parents demand action. And tonight, the new body cam video. The president on the road. Great economic report today. Touting the good news that the U.S. economy grew slowly over the summer. But with mortgage rates now at a 20-year high, are we still headed toward a recession? Putin's ominous warning to the West. CBS's Holly Williams is in Ukraine with an American fighting against Russia. The
2: carnage you're describing sounds like something out of World War II.
0: Tonight's Eye on America, CBS's Ben Tracy on how parts of the mighty Mississippi now look like a desert, and why that could impact the price of things you buy. And the New York City bus driver being hailed a hero after a hijacking.
3: This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital.
5: Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to RocketMoney.com/wondery. That's RocketMoney.com/wondery. RocketMoney.com/wondery. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about, all from the comfort of your home, isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking what's your secret. Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only fourteen ninety-five.
0: Good evening, and thank you for joining us. Tonight, we return to a community still in pain, still searching for answers, and still wondering why it took police more than an hour to enter the classroom where a gunman was murdering fourth graders. At a hearing today, families had their first face-to-face confrontation with the Texas public safety chief. He's the one in charge of the dozens of state troopers who waited in the hallway during the deadliest elementary school shooting in a decade. Today, Colonel Stephen McGraw admitted his officers made mistakes, but defiantly refused to step down. Grieving family members told McGraw he has disgraced the state of Texas. New information about the response was revealed today, leaving those who lost loved ones to question why police didn't try and save the lives of 19 children and two teachers. Today's tense hearing took place in Austin, and that's where CBS's Janet Chamlin is. Good evening, Janet.
6: Nor, good evening to you. Family members say the lack of information and accountability, now five months after the shooting, makes them feel like they are being victimized all over again. Angry families of Uvalde victims demanding the resignation of DPS director Steve McCraw.
3: If you're a man of your word, you'll resign. We're not waiting any longer.
6: McCraw previously said he'd step down if any of his officers had culpability in the botched response. One trooper, Juan Maldonado, was fired last week for his inaction, and others are under investigation. Maldonado can be seen in this body cam video obtained by a San Antonio station.
3: Now, this is so sad, dude. That he yeah. shot kids, bro.
6: The video also contains audio of unidentified officers concerned about their own safety while the gunman was inside with the children.
3: the f- what? what? What's the safest way to do this? I'm not trying to get clapped out.
6: But at today's hearing, in his first public comment since June, McCraw was defiant.
3: But I can tell you this right now, DPS is an institution, okay, right now is, did not fail the community, plain and simple.
6: Jesse Rizzo, the uncle of Jackie Cazares, blamed McCraw for what he called continued misinformation, tearing the community apart.
3: Our town is divided. (laughs) Our teachers feel betrayed.
6: McCraw blamed local police in the days after the massacre. DPS had 91 officers on scene. Brett Cross was the legal guardian of 10-year-old Uzziah Garcia, one of the 19 children killed in the massacre.
3: This is the person that's in charge of DPS, and he's, he, he flat-out lied. I called him on his bullshit and he still lied.
6: McCraw today said the DPS investigation is continuing and will be presented to the district attorney by year's end. Nora.
0: So feeling for all those parents and family members. Janet Chamley, and thank you. Well, there is breaking news tonight in the January 6th investigation. CBS News has learned that congressional investigators looking into the attack on the Capitol are planning to call back two senior members from the Secret Service. What do they want to know? Well, we get the details now from CBS's Scott McFarland.
3: Tonight, the January 6th committee has its sights set on the Secret Service with plans to interview Tony Ornato, the now-retired agency official whose name was featured prominently during former White House aide Cassidy Hutchinson's testimony earlier this year.
5: The president said something to the effect of, I'm the effing president. Take me up to the Capitol now.
3: Hutchinson said Ornato told her of an episode on January 6, 2021, inside Trump's suburban, in which the former president lunged at his lead Secret Service agent, Robert Engel, urging to be driven to the Capitol as the rioters arrived there. The
5: president reached up towards the front of the vehicle to grab at the steering wheel. Mr. Engel grabbed his arm, said, sir, you need to take your hand off the steering wheel. Mr. Trump then used his free hand to lunge towards Bobby Engel.
3: Engel has been called to testify, as has the unnamed driver of the presidential vehicle. Meanwhile, tomorrow marks one week until the deadline for the former president to respond to the committee's subpoena for documents. One committee member tells CBS News there's still no firm indication if Trump will comply.
0: And, Scott, so why are they bringing them back? What do they want to know?
3: They only have weeks left for this committee, but they just recently got a voluminous set of new Secret Service records. It's far from clear if the witnesses have talked about that incident in the vehicle involving former President Trump. And the committee wants to know how early in the day Trump knew about the attack at the Capitol.
0: Scott McFarlane, thank you. Well, today, one of the January 6 rioters who attacked D.C. officer Michael Fanon received one of the harshest sentences yet, seven and a half years in prison. Albuquerque Head was seen dragging Fanone outside the Capitol, yelling to the crowd, I got one. Prosecutors called it barbaric. Head pleaded guilty to assaulting Fanon. We learned today that the U.S. economy rebounded slightly in recent months. It snapped two straight declining quarters, growing at an annual rate of 2.6 percent from July to September. But there are still troubling signs. The average interest rate for a 30-year fixed mortgage now tops 7 percent for the first time in more than 20 years. CBS's Weijia Jiang now on the mixed signals and what it means for Americans struggling to get by. President Biden hit the campaign
7: trail in upstate New York today, praising the latest GDP number as a sign of better days ahead.
2: Well, economic growth is up, the price of inflation is down, real incomes are, on, are up, and the price of gas is down. The prices are
7: still soaring. Groceries up by 13% over the past year, electricity by 15.5%, and rent by nearly 7%.
8: There's definitely some sort of disconnect.
7: Outside of Dallas, Lisa Jackie says Mr. Biden's optimism does not match her reality. The single mother of four was laid off in February. Now substitute teaching and doing odd jobs to make
8: ends meet. It's a struggle day to day. I feel like it's a day to day search to figure out how we're going to meet the needs in the house for, for the bills, for the food. For- With mortgage rates at a 20-year high, the result of aggressive
7: interest hikes by the Federal Reserve, economists say so another consequence is life. looming.
3: We do think a recession in 2023 is, is more likely than not. It, it could start as early uh, as as the first quarter,
7: just 12 days away we from the midterm elections, Kansas, Republicans are using the economic headwinds to hammer the Democrats.
4: And what has happened through this White House and this Congress is they have declared war on people's pocketbooks.
7: President Leader Biden argued that the 40. GOP's economic plans would only benefit the wealthy.
2: Well, it will make inflation worse if they succeed.
7: Tomorrow, President Biden is heading back to Pennsylvania, where the U.S. Senate race is neck and neck. Today, Majority Leader Chuck Schumer was overheard on a hot mic telling Mr. Biden that Tuesday's Pennsylvania Senate debate between Democrat John Fetterman and celebrity Dr. Mehmet Oz did not hurt us too much. That is a quote, didn't hurt us too much, a reference to Fetterman's difficulty answering some questions. The Democrat is recovering from a stroke. Nora.
0: Weijia Jiang, thank you. Well, with the midterm elections less than two weeks away, the New York City Police Department is warning that racially motivated and anti-government extremists could target poll workers, political rallies, politicians and voting sites in the days leading up to the elections. In a bulletin obtained by CBS News, the NYPD says there are currently no specific threats, but it's advising elevated vigilance. Tonight, the Jewish community in Pittsburgh came together to honor the memory of the 11 Jews who were murdered on this date four years ago in a horrific attack on the Tree of Life synagogue. This comes amid a growing wave of anti-Semitism in the US. CBS's Elise Preston reports tonight from Pittsburgh.
8: Hundreds of people came together tonight to mark four years since the deadliest anti-Semitic attack in American history.
1: It's really important to come together. It's a little scary to think that I'm raising a kid um, who is Jewish in a world where anti-Semitism is really a problem.
8: The shooting happened on a Saturday morning as worshipers gathered inside the Tree of Life Synagogue to celebrate their faith. It shattered the community. Rabbi Jeffrey Myers still leads the congregation.
3: I'm
9: outraged and offended as an American that I still have to live in a country where this goes on. It's unacceptable.
8: Today's ceremony comes as anti-Semitism is on the rise nationwide. The Anti-Defamation League reported a 34% increase in incidents from 2020 to 2021. This as fallout from Kanye West's anti-Semitic comments continue. A growing number of corporations are cutting ties with West, but he was back on Instagram today after being suspended, writing in part I lost $2 billion in one day, and I'm still alive. Four years later, Rabbi Myers is still hopeful.
9: I'm not going to let uh, this evil wear me down and make me become another victim. I have hope for a brighter future and a better tomorrow.
8: In a statement today, President Biden paid tribute to the victims, adding that he is committed to tackling gun violence that has stolen lives here in
0: Pittsburgh and across the country. Nora? Elise Preston, thank you. Well, overseas today, Russian President Vladimir Putin claimed the world faces the most dangerous decade since World War II. In a nearly four-hour diatribe, he blamed the US and the West for the war in Ukraine, and then he denied threatening to use nuclear weapons. Well, CBS's Holly Williams today got a first-hand account of the horrors of that war from an American volunteer in Ukraine. We want to warn you that some of what he describes is disturbing.
9: You could hear shooting, but then you could also hear grunts and people like fighting to the death with their bare hands.
2: He's from Tennessee, he told us, and came to fight in Ukraine because he was horrified by the Russian invasion. He wants to be known only by his call sign, Elvis. The carnage you're describing sounds like something out of World War II.
9: Yeah. This is nothing like any conflict in the past 70 to 80 years.
2: On the front line in southern Ukraine, he says, he repeatedly witnessed Russian forces using white phosphorus munitions.
9: It comes down extremely slow, but there's nothing you can do and everything it touches just incinerates. Including this incident. About 20 or 30 guys burning alive um, and several gunshots because there was nothing else they do. So a lot of guys have suicide pistols, and you'd hear them scream, and then they would say goodbye, and then blow their and heads off.
2: Oh, was that must have been horrific.
9: It's war. At least that's what I tell myself.
2: He admits that he's traumatized. Do you still think this is a righteous war?
9: Yes, absolutely. We're fighting pure evil. Anybody in the West that asks Ukraine to just do peace talks. They need to go through these villages, they need to see what's been done to these people. If China invaded the U.S., hypothetically, massacred thousands, do you think the U.S. would just sue for peace? No.
2: Russia has previously denied using white phosphorus munitions here in Ukraine. Elvis told us that if other Americans are thinking of volunteering with Ukraine's military, they should know they'll be fighting for their lives. Nora
0: incredibly chilling interview holly williams thank you well tonight elon musk could be just hours away from owning twitter the billionaire was back at headquarters today and tweeted that he envisions the social media platform as a digital town square where a wide range of beliefs can be debated but he also said twitter quote cannot become a free-for-all hellscape well wednesday he brought a sink to twitter and joked let that sink in musk expects to close his 44 billion dollar deal tomorrow well, we want to turn now to the worsening drought in the Midwest. Water levels along the Mississippi River are now at record lows. That could be catastrophic for businesses and consumers. In tonight's Eye on America, CBS's Ben Tracy shows us what's being done to keep commerce moving.
4: The mighty Mississippi might need a new nickname. North of Memphis, it looks more like a desert than a river. Barge traffic up and down this crucial corridor is slowed or stranded. Economic costs are estimated to be in the billions. How bad are things on the river
3: right now? It's stark. We are seeing operational challenges that are almost unprecedented. We're Paul
4: Rohde represents the river shipping and towing industry. He says the Mississippi is plunging to record low levels just as farmers send their harvest downriver for export.
3: One-twelfth of the world's population eats something that emanates from the Mississippi River Basin. Forty percent of the global food supply starts at the Mississippi River Basin. So this is a serious issue about who's going to feed the world if America can't get its agriculture products out.
4: These massive barges also carry everything from coal and petroleum to fertilizer and road salt. This is like a superhighway.
3: It's absolutely a water superhighway. This is irreplaceable. We've got to keep commerce moving.
4: That's the job of the Army Corps of Engineers. It's been dredging the river nonstop for three months. So you guys are doing this 24-7? 24-7. Near St. Louis, they are desperately trying to maintain a nine-foot-deep shipping channel, sucking up enough sand and silt to fill an Olympic-sized swimming pool every hour. So we've had three dredges working in our reach of the river to keep things open based on the forecast. If this drought continues, can you dredge your way out of this? We can dredge it to a certain point and then Mother Nature wins. Climate change is making Mother Nature unpredictable. St. Louis was hit with record-shattering rainfall in July right before the drought began. What's your biggest concern? No clouds, no rain, and you need more than a little rain. A lot more. The drought is expected to last through January, threatening this critical supply chain that rides on a receding ribbon of water. For Ion America, I'm Ben Tracy in St. Louis.
0: A hijacker took a city bus for a frightening ride. We'll tell you how it ended when we come back.
7: Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be.
0: Rush hour in New York took a scary turn when a man with a fake gun hijacked a city bus. A security camera captured it driving down the street. Police say the driver got the passengers off the bus and then he later jumped out a window. The hijacker then took the wheel but only made it a block or so before crashing it into a telephone pole. Tonight, He's under arrest. Tonight, seven people are recovering from a terrifying train derailment at an amusement park in Branson, Missouri. Three cars somehow toppled off the tracks and fell sideways, injuring six passengers and a worker who were taken to hospitals. All are expected to be okay. The 20-minute train ride has been a popular attraction at the park for 60 years. Prince Harry is opening up in his new memoir. We'll have a preview just ahead. Tonight, we're closer to learning whether anyone will face criminal charges in the deadly shooting on the set of Rust. The Santa Fe County Sheriff's Office delivered its report to local prosecutors. Remember last October, cinematographer Helena Hutchins was accidentally shot and killed when a prop gun handled by Alec Baldwin was loaded with live bullets. Well, tonight, Prince Harry's publisher is dropping a few clues about what we can expect from his upcoming memoir. It's going to be called Spare, as in Heir and Spare, while older brother William is heir to the throne. Harry and wife Meghan have stepped away from royal duties. The book comes out in January and will deal extensively with Harry's pain after losing his mother, Princess Diana. All six living First Ladies of the United States are teaming up for a long overdue honor right here in Washington. That story is next. All of the living first ladies are coming together to spearhead an effort to recognize remarkable trailblazers who paved the way for generations of women. The goal is to bring a women's suffrage national monument to the National Mall right here in the heart of the nation's capital. Tonight, the team is unveiling ambassadors that will join together to make it a reality. I will become an ambassador to the project alongside strong women like Rosaria Dawson, Allie Reisman, Retta Doris Kearns Goodwin, and the longest serving woman in Congress, former Senator Barbara Mikulski. That is tonight's CBS Evening News. And remember, if you can't watch us live, set your DVR so you can watch us later. I'm Nora O'Donnell. Good night.